In today's podcast, we actually have Jay and Caitlin Greer, who uh, work for Mustard Seed in uh, right now Tokyo, Japan, and they're going to join um, Jay's cousin Drew Moss in the studio with me. And we're going to sit around the table and we are going to discuss everything from uh, what's it like? How did you end up in Japan? uh, What's it like to church plant in Japan? Um, Tell us some stories about what conversion looks like. And uh, and lastly, you're going to be blessed by just hearing from them on on how we can learn about sharing our faith, uh, even in our situation or our context here in Stillwater. Pray that this podcast is going to be a blessing to you. So I guess, you know, one of the most interesting questions that we might actually have is, uh, so tell us about Japan. Why Japan? How did you guys end up there? Well, uh, we were recruited to Japan when someone came up to us and said, hey, would you like to go start a church in Bangkok, Thailand? <laughs> <laughs> That's how we got to Japan. Um, so I was, a, I was a sophomore in college and um, literally had a ring in my backpack to propose to her. And um, so I and uh, what what you know this this team is being formed and and put together and they're saying we really care about unreached urban church planting, and those things made a lot of sense. Um, and at the time, the plan was Bangkok, Thailand. By the time that I was graduating college, we were both graduating college, and the team was forming. The plan had shifted, and they're saying, well, if we really want to do unreached, Japan at that time was the largest unreached people group. If we really want to do urban. Three of the 20 largest cities are in Japan. There's 12 cities in Japan of a million or more. It's like, well, we should do Japan. And so um, it was never Japan. It was more those things. Okay. Can we go to where uh, a place where there's very few Christians, very few churches, a big need, and urban centers where they're all collected together? And so it wasn't a mystical dream of a samurai telling us, you should go to Japan and all that. It, it was oh, that nothing like that. So cool. It would have been a great podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and you've been there how long, Kate? Almost 12 years. Okay. Some of the most, uh, I don't know, interesting or maybe even surprising, complicated uh, aspects of, of serving the Lord in, in Japan? Because I guarantee you, uh, moving from Arizona yeah. to Joplin, Missouri, mm-hmm. and then ending up in Japan, didn't see that coming. No, not at all. And so tell me just some of the some of the stuff that has been the most interesting or challenging aspects of, of doing mission work in Japan. Hmm. Yeah, well we didn't plan like I certainly didn't plan on living in Asia. Um, okay, first I'm gonna switch. What was the plan? What did you like what did you think you were going to be doing when you came <laughs> to Ozark and you know what I mean? Yeah. Um Everyone in her world told her to not go to Ozark. I mean, that's the first okay. big move in Caitlin's life was to go to, yeah. to, go to Ozark. Yeah. There was, like, there have been a few times in my life where I really felt like God, I can clearly see that God made something happen because um, there's no rhyme or reason to why I would have gone to Ozark because I, well, I don't need to get into the details of that. But, um, yeah, so I ended up at Ozark, and I knew I wanted to do ministry. And I think as a kid I thought uh, I had... Uh, seen some African missionaries uh, or I should say missionaries to Africa that reported and I was like oh that's really interesting so I think I had that in my mind of like Africa Hmm. and I was interested in Europe like I had visited Europe and I had zero interest in Asia almost like yeah I don't ever care or want to go there Um, and so but I think the Lord 
you know, I think we wanted to serve God and it seemed yeah. like um, there was a great need and we wanted to have the maximum impact with the years that we've been given. And so we went there and I don't know, there's a lot of surprising things. I mean, when you started asking the question, this is really, <laughs> the first thing that came to my mind is mayonnaise. I mean, <laughs> you think you're going to eat rice and fish, but they put mayonnaise on everything. <laughs> and so it's like, <laughs> and corn, corn on pizza. Um, so, I mean, that's just one simple yeah, thing yeah, that's yeah. been really yeah. surprising. But yeah. I think um, the whole, our whole life has been surprising in that we've wound up in Japan and now it feels almost more normal than when we're here. And for our kids, that's where they've grown up. And so, um, yeah, it's it's been a big adjustment, not just moving from America to Japan, but the rural to hmm. extremely urban shift was really challenging to where you go from a place where you, you can drive around and see, oh, this is the, um, what did she, Isla, our daughter just saw the AT&T store you know, you can tell that it's AT&T, but she said at and T. She's like, what is at and T? Because um, she has no idea what that is. Oh, She's never funny. seen it. But you you see there's a parking lot for this store with this sign. It's AT&T. I understand oh, that. Yeah, you yeah, move yeah. to the city, and it's these huge buildings that have maybe 300 stores in it. And the, just that alone was, like, so stress-inducing and overwhelming to me because I was like, how am I going to find out what everything is? You know, because you kind of, after you live somewhere for a few years in America, at least small town, you know where everything is. Or, and if you don't, you just drive around, then you know where everything is. But in the city, there's so many people, so many different places. And so um, then when you're thinking about the vastness of lost people in Japan, and it's like, you know, it's just us. But of course, it's not just us. It's God. And he's going to work sure. um, in ways beyond what we could ask or imagine. Um, but if you if you just um, take it all in, for, you go to a high-rise building and look out, it's quite overwhelming. But God is really powerful, and we've seen him do great things in our time there, and we hope to see him do more amazing things. That's interesting. Um, so, Jay, what are some of the most unique challenges to to doing ministry there? That's you know, besides mayonnaise and corn on pizza. Is there <laughs> anything else? And and at and tea stores. <laughs> yeah, they don't exist there. Yeah, they so, don't exist. Yeah. That's the big issue. Yeah. Um, usually, when we talk about hurdles to the gospel, um, we think about uh, number one busyness, um, which wouldn't be unique to Japan. Um, certainly busyness stops a lot of people from, from investigating uh, truth and gospel and seeking God. Um, but then the other one is uh, national and familial identity. In Japan, the, uh, su such a group-mindedness mm. that says, I'm Japanese, and to be Japanese means I'm not Christian. That's something different. That's something from the outside. Um, and there's, there's a Jew-Gentile word in Japanese that, you know, uh, if you say, here, I'm Japanese, and then to say foreigner, um, it doesn't just mean um, someone who's not from the place where we are. If you brought a bunch of Japanese people to Oklahoma and say, point to the foreigners, they would all point at us and say, no, 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 actually, you're huh. in Oklahoma right now. Yeah. And they would be saying, no, 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 I'm Japanese, you're foreigner, that's how this works. It doesn't really matter where we are. This is an us-them mentality that Japan has had. Mm. And 
there's even things built into the language linguistically that uh, mark off and specify this is from the outside. This word right here, it's written in a different alphabet because it's from the outside, and everything that's from the outside is not us, and one of those things is Jesus Christ. We can look at that guy's name, and it's written in that alphabet, and it says, that guy's a foreigner. Um, to follow him, that wouldn't be very Japanese. Uh, and so a lot of people, when they're, they're, when they're investigating them, they're looking into it, and they're, they're, they're counting the cost. And one of the costs that they count is, am I ready to be seen as an outsider? Am I ready to have my family and my country say, I don't know if you're like us anymore? And for some people, that's uh, too high a cost. You know, it's interesting because uh, you, you need to go back if you if you uh, somehow just stumbled across this podcast. And I know some of you are actually listening to it because you heard Jay preach yesterday, which was such a blessing to us. Um, if not, I'd recommend that you go back and circle around and listen to that sermon. But you had a couple of illustrations where in the conversion process, people go home and they're told, "Yeah, you're you're done. We're done with you. You're out." And that that you're saying that that is not just uh, an exception to the rule. That's not just a devout atheist. It's it's more culturally bred um, in terms of the, the the just the natural cost that people have to think through. You wonder why some of the numbers in terms of the conversion rates are so low. It's because they are doing exactly that. They're doing the math. They're counting the cost, and it's too much. Mm, yeah, and. Uh, what we don't have is all the numbers on the people that then counted the cost and then like left church and we never saw them again, you know, um, where they, they came face to face with what Jesus was calling them to. And um, they said, but you know what? My mom is going to be really mad at me. And my parents say, I have to take care of the grave and I have to continue to offer yeah. food to yeah. the grave yeah. Yeah. and I have to do that whole thing. And they're leaning on me. Um, so I don't think I can go through with this, but you believe it. I, I, I think I believe it. I think I believe it's true, but I just don't think I'm ready to have that kind of that kind of rejection. And um, so, yeah, those are really those those have been some of the sad stories that you know don't always make it into the missionary newsletter. Yeah, you know, yeah, of uh, yeah, yeah. here's this person who did count the cost and decided to follow Jesus, and here's here's these others who who didn't. They came to church for a while and then decided, mm. I'm just going to keep things as they are. Yeah, I think about. I mean, you you just said. I have this responsibility to care for the grave. By that, you mean like connecting with, like caring for our ancestors, for my parents and their parents and their parents and so on, right? Right. Um, right. Which is like a huge, which is a big deal in Japanese culture. I, I think about how it really is. It's not just, um, it's uh, to, to become a Christian is to somewhat like lose your heritage. It's, it's <laughs> not just like, uh, ah, this is kind of unpatriotic. It's kind of to lose who you are a little bit for them, to lose that, that identity that comes with being in this long line of people that we're still connected to by, by praying to our ancestors and by caring for that. You know what I mean? And it, it really does seem well, big you, in that way. Well, you use the Jew Gentile you know, dynamic, right? And you said mm -hmm. it kind of lines up a little bit with that, which reminds me of conversations that we've had. Our tour guide, who's become a, a close friend of ours, Uri, he, he believes to become Christian is to deny his Jewishness. Mm -hmm. And he would just say, you know, and I could argue, no, it's not. It's it's mm -hmm. it's you understanding the, the truest nature of what it means. And mm -hmm. I could go back and point that, you know, Jesus was Jewish or Paul, but that's not how they see it. 
And so it's a very similar vein that to somehow embrace Christ and embrace the teachings of Jesus is to lose heritage mm. and identity. Mm-hmm. And you would share that. Mm. Uh, or in, in your, your culture uh, in Japan would actually share that mindset. Absolutely. And, and um, then when we are able to, someone's wrestling through that, point to things. You know, that we're not going to point to a scripture that says, oh, don't worry about that. <laughs> That'll be just fine. Um, you'll blend in. Um, then we, go, we, we say, actually, yeah, um, you're going to be uh, the light of the world, a city on a hill. Um, Peter's going to tell you that you are actually foreigners now. You get to be a sojourner who doesn't belong here anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, all this, yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> I think you're going through what, what we would call a normal Christian life, normal Christian conversion. Jesus is saying in, in Matthew 10, I'm coming and I'm causing division within a household. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's 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 one of the those those huge hurdles. And I often ask myself, I think, if that would have been us, if that would have been me, you know, uh, I didn't have, to, and I have to yeah. be honest with the people yeah. in our churches yeah. when yeah. they're wrestling through this to say, uh, it's true. I don't know what you're going through. My parents are Christians. In fact, uh, they're even proud of me for this. Um, in fact, there's a lot of churches that if I go back and talk about Jesus, they're even happy with me. You know, yeah. I have a huge support network yeah. um, that, that, that props up this just even from a social standpoint. I have social incentives and I wonder, man, if, we, if all those social incentives were pulled out from under us, uh, where is our faith? Is it truly resting on Jesus? Uh, and that's one of the more challenging things that, uh, that I find myself thinking about for the American church. Where were you going? Is it um, the, the foreigner text? Uh, yeah, we have we have we have First Peter in the foreigner talk. Yeah. Okay. Is it by the way actually his same word like exiles sojourners? Is that in Japanese? Is that translated with their foreigner word? Just out of curiosity. The the uh, the sojourner word I know is like a person on journey. Okay. In one of the Japanese translations, okay. but I have to look at the other ones. Okay. Like, Very interesting. Um, th- so I I do also say I mean there's something that sounds. It's, it's the idealist in me or whatever that, that there's something that sounds so attractive, though, even what you're talking about. In staff meeting, we were talking today about how you were able to count on your first Easter service. You had like uh, 42 non-Christians and 16 Christians in your first Easter service. And, and you're able to do that. And then the next, semester, the next Easter, it had switched and there were more Christians than were non-Christians. And I just remember thinking, we, don't e- we would have no idea in our church service. Yeah. We don't even, in America... We don't even know um, out of the, whatever, 400 people that are sitting in this specific service, how many are Christian and how many aren't. And the, the, what's scary is they don't even know. <laughs> the people sitting in the pews, a lot of them don't know how many are actually Christians and, mm-hmm. and they don't know about themselves enough. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's Because there's not that like, in so many places, there's not that uh, clean break with my family to do this. There's not that, man, I really got to care about this to step in. I really got to believe Jesus is who he says he is and devote my life to it. There's something that is um, uh, attractive about about that to me. It, it sounds like the Bible. It sounds like what Jesus said. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was really interesting watching the church come together in Osaka where we started. And it was, you know, Caitlin and I and Seth and Megan Philip. And we go, okay, so there's, we have four Christians. We have four Christians at the church, and we could figure it out. And, um, and, then, and then a woman was baptized three months later. 
Okay, we have five Christians. We have five Christians. If we're, you know, and then and then um, you know we're trying to figure this out of like what, well, and I often say one of my biggest, one of my biggest failures in planting that church was um, not in, installing membership right away. Uh, okay, because we we said well it's us and then everyone we baptize, and then other Christians started showing up from other churches and we started to lose track. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Who's a Christian? Who's not? And I kind of wish from day one I would have had the four of us missionaries just sign a membership log, so we could start from the very beginning. But now, now in Tokyo we get to do it again, so that's what I'm going to do this time. Um, but it, you know, trying to help everyone understand, it was it was really really clear at first. Who gets to take communion? You know, these these four people, that woman who was baptized, and this other woman who transferred in. Six of us. Um, and, and it wasn't fuzzy at all. And there was something that was really refreshing about that when you get to start from scratch. Yeah, totally. Um, so to talk a little bit about like where the churches are, like you've mentioned a couple of cities, you're starting one in Tokyo. So where are the churches? Um, where do you hope to plant? T- tell a little bit about the context and in, in terms of the churches that are established and hoping to be established. Okay. Um, we have the, the first church that was started was, when was that? Two th- 2009, 2009. Yeah. Um, and it was in the city called Nagoya, and um, we have a great sushi place in uh, Stillwater called basically Nagoya. the same. Yeah. 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 Okay. Good. Good. They <laughs> but have that's gr- good because like I'd never even heard of that city, and oh, really? I think most people hadn't. But okay. ev- everybody in Stillwater knows that word because <laughs> yep. of that restaurant and, and <laughs> Kyoto. Good, so. And Kyoto. Yeah, yeah. That's our other. That's our. Yes. <laughs> that was our other. Uh, yeah. Japanese restaurant. Um. So. It's got the, around the same population in Nagoya as um, like Chicago or Paris. So it's a really big city, wow. even though I'd never heard of it. Um, so we started, we were on the planting te- team for that church starting in 2009. And we had, um, I think, two about two years of planting. And there was kind of, um, you know, more recruits had come. So our team was big and we, we started getting volunteers and pe- some people had come to faith. It was growing. So at the two year, around two year point, Jay and I, and as he mentioned, that other couple, Seth and Megan Phillip, they uh, moved with us to Osaka and we started a church in Osaka, which is what population? 19 million. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> and it's kind of the, um, it's kind of the fun, wild city of Japan. Um, a lot of the comedians come from there. Um, people dress in colorful clothes, <laughs> which in like Tokyo, it's kind of got the stiff businessman kind of, I mean, everybody's wearing black suits, but Osaka is a little zany. And so I like that a lot because it felt very American. So yeah, got more crime, um, more yeah. trash on the street. Osaka does. Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, also more American. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not yeah. crime no, and trash. That's yeah. very American. When we were right at home, <laughs> <laughs> we're moving to Osaka, and people are telling us, "You really better be careful, you know, because you're just going to walk out and get stabbed or something." It's like, if you compared the crime rates to the United States, yeah, I think yeah, we're going to be yeah. just going to be fine. Actually, <laughs> in the spring, um, this is sorry, I'm getting a little sidetracked, but there was a um, breaking story in the news where some guy stabbed a police officer in North Osaka, not far from where we lived, and he stole his gun, which I got to give all the Americans listening a little bit of background. Like, guns are not legal in Japan unless you're a police officer and it's 
strapped to their belt. And so this guy stabbed the police officer and stole his gun, and they knew exactly, what was it, six, six bullets. bullets. So they're warning everyone, and they closed all the schools because one gun with six bullets was on the loose. Wow. Oh, wow. But they, they ended up tracking the guy down. No, they we got him. You can go back to school. But it was just like... <laughs> insane and yeah. all of us americans are like guys chill. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need but, to worry about it yeah so anyway so we started church there in 2011 which was the same year that the huge earthquake and tsunami happened oh that's right um so it was an interesting point in japan's history and then um that church has been growing and um from that church we were able to send out teams to go to two other cities, Kyoto and Kobe, or Americans know it as Kobe, Kobe yeah. Beef, <laughs> Kobe right? Beef. And yeah. Kyoto. So those are kind of in the same huge urban area that, along with Osaka. So now there's four churches, and we just appointed local eldership in the Osaka church in October. And we, we um, so our family is now in Tokyo. So we kind of left the Os- Osaka church in the hands of um, our good friends who we've been working with there. So um, our friend Matt is taking over as pastor and um, they've got local eldership and we're going to hopefully launch the Tokyo church in March of mm-hmm. 2020. Hmm. In the fifth year of the Osaka church, we took a group of people and sent them to Kobe. And so Kobe, it's not that far, you know, um, it's a 45 minute drive, but we had people commuting from Kobe to Osaka. So it was very easy to take 15 people and send them up there. And they started that church. Um, and it, it was, it felt like a, a punch in the stomach for the first week when they were all gone, when yeah. you have 105 people and you count the last digit because you're that small, you know? <laughs> and so, and then to have 15 people not there, it, uh, it felt, Oh no, this is really going to be really hard. And then, in two months, we had more than made that up, and they were growing, and, and it was, and we were able to look around and say, oh, it used to be like 105, and now if we count both churches, there's like 140 every week. Wow. Um, we should do this more. We should multiply churches. And so we then, it was a year later, we sent another uh, chunk of people to Kyoto, and they started that church there, which is the, it's the um, religious and educational capital of Japan. It was, it was the... Um, it was the capital of Japan for a thousand years. It's a really important city. And it's all the um, really pretty Apple screensaver backgrounds <laughs> yeah, 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 are yeah. from Kyoto. I'm from yeah. Kyoto. Yeah. Yeah. And so that church, we've known just just from our our you know our sample size of what we know, um, we've known five uh, church plants that failed in that city. And so we are telling our guy, you know, uh, Seth, who's leading this, we say, hey, it's going to go really slow. It's okay. Just stay faithful. Keep preaching the gospel. No one's going to judge you if it goes. And it's grown faster than any of the other churches. And oh, so they're wow. doing really well. And um, but that's been part of the work is continuing to to raise up more of a team that kind of trains at the churches and then hive people off as we have a leader ready and send them uh, to to another city. And so uh, this this December will be ten years since we launched the church in Nagoya. So it'll be ten years of ministry. We lived in Japan for almost twelve, but ten years of ministry in Japan. 
Um, and then so where? So Tokyo and then what other cities are you guys? We, we prayed for you specifically had a extended time of, uh, of uh, corporate prayer mm-hmm. two yeah. Sundays ago. Yeah, thank you. Um, and we're really praying that you would have like a, a number of churches by 2025. Right. And so how many more do you want to plant? We would like to plant eight more yeah. if you include Tokyo. So to have 12. We'd like to have 12. By 2025. Yeah. And those are in these major cities across Japan. Um, all of the cities are, are about a million or more. Um, so Chiba, where Tokyo Disney is, it's just under a million, but it's almost there. But it's very globalized and a, a pretty important strategic place with Tokyo Disney and all these kinds Tokyo of things. Tokyo Disneyland. Tokyo Sorry. Tokyo Disneyland. It's, everybody calls it Tokyo um, Disney. And, uh, it's, We're talking Disneyland. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, and... So we want to have these network of churches across urban Japan, across these 12 cities that could collaborate and work together and hopefully then uh, raise up more church planters for other cities um, across Japan. Um, So, I mean, 12 churches wouldn't do it. Um, We have to always be thinking outside of you know, our, our, our little network of churches and churches called Mustard Seed. Um, we have to think of raising up churches that, um, you know, will, will be uh, gospel-centered and yet might be a little different than ours. And uh, we, we really know that if we're not multiplying, uh, we, there's really no shot at, at, at reaching Japan. Uh, you know, if we round Sunnybrook down to a thousand people, uh, which I know it's more than that, but if you we round it down to a thousand people and you think Tokyo... You know, if you had a church of a thousand, there's only three churches of a thousand or more in, in, in Japan. So if you have one of a thousand, it's amazing. Well, we would need 380 Sunnybrooks to reach 1% of Tokyo. So if we get 380 pastors and 380 elderships and 380 staffs and all that kind of stuff over these 380 churches of a thousand, we would then be able to reach 1% of Tokyo. So if we're not talking about massive multiplication, we're not talking about making a dent um, in, in Japan, so uh, that's that's the part of the really vision. Are, the numbers yeah. really are like uh, staggering. Like yeah. it's it's you just have a hard time imagining um, even places that big. Forget about just the lost aspects mm-hmm. of it. I mean, just even places that big. I mean, yeah, it's it, it's genuinely shocking. Um, I got another one for you, so Drew. You may have one, but I'm going to throw this one out first. Um, so, as Americans. How how are you received over there? I mean, is there any kind of, a, um, I don't know, a hesitation or even a resistance to the fact that as Westerners, as foreigners, um, how, how are they how are they hearing you preach Jesus? Um, well, there's several ways we could answer that question. I think overall, people are super kind. And um, I didn't know, you know, we learned lots of World War II history growing up. Sure. And, and that's when I first moved there. That's a lot of what I was thinking about. Like, are these people going to hate us because we're American? Um, but some I think I mean, in fact, I was just at this little medical clinic a few weeks ago and there was a really, really old woman there. And she asked where I was from. And I said I was from America. Canada. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, everyone loves Canadians, yes, right? Yes. No, well, mm. except for that's mm. complicated. Except for Canadians. <laughs> except for Canadians. <laughs> um, so she said, "Oh, the Americans brought me milk and bread after the war. I'm so thankful." Huh. 
which and you could tell that she um, like she asked me the same questions five times while we were sitting there for you know ten minutes in this waiting room, but she could remember very wow. clearly that the and it was a, a missionary led um, initiative to to help people post war. So I think there's good and bad, but but overall people um, I think really I don't know they 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 don't mind us so much and they're kind of amused by us they um, when we first got there we there's a lot of there's a lot of social rules like you don't ever walk and drink something out on the street like you, if you're drinking something you're supposed to be sitting down in the shop you know you're, you're not going to be some barbarian that would walk with a coffee in your hand oh my goodness but um Kind of, so we this, we're just where trying is the world to coming right? we're trying to learn all these rules you know be like we gotta be like them so we don't offend them and we had several people who had worked there longer even Japanese people would be like just be yourselves it's okay you know and then once we were like really okay <laughs> but I I literally felt like a weight off my shoulders and I feel like um, God has used us in our you know Americanness. Um, we we can kind of work outside their social rules. So, mm. uh, like a person who is on a train will never just start randomly talking to another Japanese person, but we can because they expect us to be different. They look at us and they know you're not Japanese. It's not like America where you can see someone who looks very Asian. You can see someone that looks you know from anywhere in the world, and they're American, and you expect them to act American. But um, in Japan, they're like, well, it goes back to the the foreigner. They're foreigners. So, and if you start to act too Japanese, they're like, Quit oh, being you're a weirdo. Weird. Yeah. Out. <laughs> yeah. You you had mentioned to me one time, Jay. I, I've been uh, truly blessed to come over twice mm-hmm. and to be and see you in your. Uh, in your in your new climate, so mm-hmm. to speak, and it's always a fun thing. Um, but you were even mentioning one time about as you're doing church planting, how they want you to not try to mimic them. Um, right. So much in in church, uh, you know, in in America, it's how do we act like lost people, or how do we act like the people we're trying to trying to reach, and if we can somehow be just like them. And you're saying it's almost the opposite. There, it's like why are you why are you acting like us? We almost want right. you to be yourselves. Right. I think if someone, you know, uh, if a German person moved to Stillwater and, you know, started coming to your church, you would want to ask, oh, gosh, tell me about that. You know, tell me what, what yeah. you like. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and if they were saying, oh, I just love apple pie and cowboy boots and baseball. <laughs> go, pokes. Be thinking, go Pokes. Yeah, go Pokes. <laughs> no, no, no. Be German. Yeah. Tell me what yeah. you like. You know, talk yeah. about schnitzel and all these kinds of, you know, who's yeah. your favorite football team? I don't, yeah. um, and, you know, um, th- yeah, it's the, it's the same kind of thing where they're saying, you're interesting to us because you're different. And they really want to learn English. A lot mm. of the younger generation, you know, people pay a lot of money to send their preschoolers to a international um, preschool because they really want the kids to be able to speak English because that opens so many doors. If you only speak Japanese, you know, Japan is a pretty small little island nation. So um, that's that's one way that we've been able to use our Americanness to um, reach out to people you know there's some there's we we recognize that there's a certain demographic that we can reach and it's people um who 
are open to foreign things who are wanting to learn English. And so we've set up a lot of um, outreach events that kind of are, are um, you know, English Conversation Club or um, there's even a whole ministry to returnees, you know, in. Oh, so yeah, people like, from Japan that have lived globally. Right. right. And Someone who studied at Oklahoma back. State. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who yeah. just moved back and, Okay. Those they're very good, changed, yeah. and and it's crazy if if they're even out of Japan for a short amount of time, um, they come back, and the the common feeling is like I don't feel like I'm totally Japanese anymore, and my and and people wow. don't really understand me because I'm really changed, and so those people are really open um, to the gospel. To the gospel, yeah, and so. Um, that's a lot of the people that we connect with, and um, so that's been really cool. Okay, I want to one of one of my favorite things. I love when I'm sitting in my office and uh, open going through email, and I come across one of you guys' emails, and it just tells like a story of someone who's come. Uh, to place their faith in Jesus recently, and and I'm always anytime I get to see that, I'm just so <laughs> mm-hmm. like, I just have to Encouraged. stop in the middle of my yeah. office and just yeah. thank God that He is so much bigger than me and doing these things on the other side of the world. Um, so I'd love to hear just uh, from you guys one or two one or two stories of of some cool thing like getting to see some people. We've we've talked about the people who go back to their parents and they're like, I don't know if I can make this switch. Uh, I want to hear about yeah. some of the people who've made the switch, who've made the decision to follow Jesus. Okay, I have a short one, and I'm sure, Jay, we have so many stories we would want to tell in response to this. But the one I was thinking of, so going back to what you said, Drew, 10 minutes ago or something, you said it sounds, some some of the things we've experienced sound very much like Jesus or like the 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 early church, the Bible. And so um, we moved onto this street in Osaka, and... um, these people on our street, it's like cookie cutter houses. You know, you can stick your arm out the window and touch the next door neighbor's house. So, um, th- but they didn't know each other. And hmm. so we moved on to this street after they'd all lived there for five or six years. And by the end of the summer, we're all friends. Cause like I said, we don't have to follow all the rules. So we're like, hey, next door neighbor, this is the other next door neighbor that you've seen 500 times, but I'm gonna introduce you cause I actually talked to them and learned their name. And <laughs> anyway, so they're like, let's have a, you know, a party at the end of the summer, like a block party. And so that was really fun. So fast forward a few years and I'd been inviting my next door neighbor Keiko to church um, and just trying to, like we just would have her in our house and which is not common. You don't invite people into your house um, if mm. you're Japanese. So we just kind of open our lives and, and share the gospel with them. They would come and we would be reading the Jesus Storybook Bible to our kids in the evening. They would see part of the bedtime routine and just little things like that. And then in our small group, we were praying for her um, because each of us in our small group would have somebody that we were trying to reach out to and we'd pray together for that person. So we were praying for her for several months. And then one time we were having small group and I always invited her, come to small group anytime. It's next door. You, know, you take three steps. And so we were meeting the same group that had been praying for her for several months. And she came in and she sat down in a small group and she said, I decided I want to be baptized because I believe. And so we were all like, yeah! you know, like trying to play it cool, but we were all coming just out of like, your skin. I know. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, and she had told our, our teammate, a little after that she's like if the Greers hadn't 
moved next door to me, I think I would have lived my whole life and never heard anything about Jesus. Hmm. And so, um, wow. but, okay, going back to the thing about how it's like the New Testament um, or the, the early church. So one day she, um, I met her on the balcony because we can just pass things to each other over the balcony, even children. I've been like, hey, you guys want to go <laughs> say hi to Keiko? Here you go. Pass her to the next, you know, balcony over. But she's like, I have this this fruit. It's left over from um, from our grave. It's like an idol sacrifice. Yeah. Food, yeah. food <laughs> sacrifice right. to the idols. <laughs> she's like, we're not going to eat it. You guys want it? I was like, okay. <laughs> let me read. Let me just read First Corinthians. <laughs> And uh, let me get back to you. Yeah. To think about. Oh, wait but a there's second. a lot of things like I that. I know that these aren't real. I can eat this. <laughs> yes. yes. What do you think this is? I don't think this discounted fruit. Okay. Good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Especially if it's mango. Uh, like, Unfortunately, <laughs> it was not. But I do remember that you really like mango. Oh my goodness, mango is so good. I can so eat grapes. mango that's been sacrificed to idols. Yeah. <laughs> but there's truly like there's huge idols. You just yeah. drive and you see this huge white figure. I'm like, is that Artemis of the Ephesians <laughs> that I, you know? Well, at the end of your street, remember? I mean, whenever uh-huh. we would come down your street, there was always that. Was it? Is it Shinto? Shrine, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's that shrine that's I right there. I think that is so. Buddhist. Okay. That little shrine. Um, it's a little rock with a bib tied around it, and people come and they ring the bell and they clap and they pray and and they they bring um, food there and that is an idol to I don't know if I pronounce it right bodhisattva some it's like a basically a Buddhist um, spirit that protects unborn children so like if someone has a Abortion, or it's from way back when people would just abandon children. Like they had too many kids, they would just leave them out, you know, exposed like we read about in ancient, yeah, ancient world. Yeah, so that was right there on our corner, and and every summer they have a big party where they pass out candy to the kids in the neighborhood. But it's a Pokemon Go spawning location, (laughs) so a lot of people would come for that. Um, some people to worship. Is other, the right I don't know. I've never played Pokemon Go. Can we have a caller call in? We'll take the first caller who can tell from, us. Hey, can someone come teach this guy from Japan about Pokemon? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I'll take another one. Jay, you got a story? Oh, um, I mean, the most recent one that that, that we that we wrote about. Um, this woman um, showed up to our very first church service in Osaka um, because she um, she saw a Facebook ad, and so we we spent fifty bucks and put a Facebook ad on there, and it just said uh, "new bilingual church starting soon." You know, it's like, that's it. We didn't Smart try. Marketing, you know, marketing it's like, genius. Yeah, <laughs> really. And so she saw that, and she's and um, she was just at a point in life where she had gone through some really hard things, and she clicked on it, and she brought her daughters, and she showed up to church, and she just showed up every week, and it was one of those things. And I'm sure you know um, when you preach or teach, you know what this is like. But the person who's listening, like really listening so she was always you know just like really taking everything in and so we had really good conversations and um we'll answer some questions and then um one day um preached on uh the ethiopian eunuch in acts 8 and um uh, or maybe we were discussing that afterwards but basically she was saying i think i believe all this what should i do and i'm like well, let's just read the text right here it says you know i think i think you should be baptized if you're ready to follow jesus and she's like okay i guess that's what i should do um and i said well um it'll take 
I don't know, a couple hours to get everybody to our house and fill up the tub. She said, okay, I'll be there. And uh, that was uh, Megumi. Um, uh, she was the first person baptized at our church in Osaka. And, you know, she continued to grow. And it's really one of those one of those stories that is so encouraging because there were times where we had to go and confront her on things. Um, what would be like a church discipline thing in, in, in like the good way? Yeah. Like you confront someone and they're like, I'm wrong. I repent of this. Yeah. I will live differently now. And Jen, she did. Yeah. And so it was uh, just watching her grow. Um, and uh, she continu- and then uh, she continued to bring her daughters and her youngest daughter um, came to believe and she helped baptize her youngest daughter as well. And um, uh, then after a while, um, we noticed that she was just, you know, one of those super servants at the church and we hired her. And so, uh, and then just recently she became full-time where she gives 20 hours a week to the church in Osaka. The other 20 hours she gives to the network uh, of churches, helping all of us with um, employment and taxes and, you know, incorporation and all these difficult legal Japanese things that are really tough to figure out. But she's just all in, all in for the mission and everything that we're doing and um, constantly inviting people really okay to stand out and be different um which is not uh, at all common yeah yeah Yeah. she's truly unique in that way and um so she's just been a huge blessing and a huge encouragement um she's grabbed a hold of the dna of the church uh of of sticking with the gospel no matter what and um uh she's always appreciated that and um and, and been encouraging to me there's been several times where um you know i i would be having a just a hard time in ministry and she would come and say i'm so encouraged that this church is really holding to the gospel it's okay that we that this person left the church or something like that and it would always be really encouraging and then when we decided we were going to move to tokyo um these new elders i had to go tell these elders um hey thanks for deciding to shepherd this church uh, I think I need to go to another one now. And they were like, well, we're going to ask you some hard questions first, um, which showed they were good elders. Yeah. Uh, they weren't yes men. Yeah. Um, and uh, then after I, I, I shared, here's the, here's the vision, what's on our heart. And uh, they said, well, we fully support you in this. Um, and we're going to tell the church. Um, and we're going to own this um, as something the church is doing. And they did. They stood up on the stage and said, this is what the church is doing. We're sending Jay and Caitlin. If you have questions or you need a, a, a shoulder, uh, come talk to us. It was awesome of the elders. But the elders also told me, you have to talk to Megumi about this. <laughs> and, um, and so. He's a new, uh, yeah, yeah. It would be painful, yeah. Yeah, I called yeah. her, um, you know, into my office one day and. Um, and just kind of slowly was going into it and saying, you know, so we really need to plant in, in Tokyo. Sort of giving her a hint, you know, <laughs> of like, um, and we need someone who understands what we're doing and understands kind of the culture of churches and all this kind of thing. And she's kind of looking at me like, yeah, go ahead. And I, I think it's us. Oh, you. You know, she's really surprised, and, and she's one. Of, she's one of our. She's one of our team members who doesn't speak that much English at all. So this is an entire Japanese conversation. She just burst into this flurry of Japanese, where she said, "Well, this is great. This is awesome. This is so wonderful. I'm so glad. Oh, it's going to go wonderful. A new wind is going to blow through Tokyo, and God used you here. He'll use you there. Oh, sure, we'll be sad, but where are you going? When are you going to start? Where is it going to be? Uh, and she was just fully in. How can I help? What do you want me to do? Um, to where it was like she had 
she had just fully bought into the mission. You know, we didn't have to worry like, oh, is she gonna, is she gonna be sad and, yeah. and selfish or yes. like, you know, no, we have to keep you here yeah. and build our happy little community here. Um, All right. Well, and I think yeah. the other part that's always, no matter where you are when you're in ministry, you get a little concerned. Um, did I convert them to me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did I convert yeah. them to like yeah. our community, like uh, the kindness that can happen in my home? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I know what that's like. You don't have to go to, to Japan mm-hmm. to experience mm-hmm. that. You know, um, so much of the gospel is the extension of ourselves. It is a love that we have for one another. They'll know that you're my disciples by your love for one another. Um, and so there is that concern, mm-hmm. is that how much did I just win them over to my friendship mm-hmm. and how much mm-hmm. of it truly... It's yeah, faith in Christ. Yeah, absolutely. And that was, you know, a concern we had um, even when we were, you know, the church is seven years old and Caitlin and I start having these these discussions about, uh, hey, this church isn't needing us like it used to. Um, look at all the teachers that are here. Look at all the elders that are here. Look at all the great leaders and evangelists. I don't think we're needed anymore. Um that's a best case scenario. Uh, I think we can. I think we can. We can go on, and then also coming to 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 feel, if we were to stay longer, would it would it grow too dependent on us? Would it be would would we have too many of our fingerprints on this church like it was like it was ours? Mm-hmm. And um, and so it it was a. I think it it made sense because we started it. I think the person who first plants the church. It's like a disproportionately huge temptation for it to become that person's church, oh, yeah. the founder's yeah. church, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so it was. It was encouraging to see that happen when it when it when happened that way. You know, um, she made a shirt on our last Sunday that said Greer's Tokyo, <laughs> and she wore it. Awesome. Me. Oh man! And then I just cried for six hours straight that day because it was it was really hard to. Yeah leave you know we really love that city and love the people and our kids that's their home it's funny because like that's the place i've gone to twice yeah yeah and so it's kind of like i don't know if i want to go back now i I don't know i mean that bakery you're not gonna have that bakery bakery again i mean i don't know what like guys i don't know what we're gonna do justin i don't know we don't drew you were with me how do we how do we not that'll be my goal when we get back well can you i'm gonna find you a really good bakery in tokyo yeah okay no i'll come I'm sure in Tokyo we can find a place that makes bread. <laughs> but I mean, but no, okay. But that place that we found in Osaka was ridiculous. Yeah. You know, like it literally, it just made my week. <laughs> it was so special. Drew, anything else you want to, as we kind of wrap up with our good friends here? I think that's it. Love you guys. Okay. So glad to hang no, out no, with no. You guys. Are you just going to end it? What, what am I supposed to... Okay. Oh, I, no, I've got another one. No, but I got another one. Can I tell you how much I've just really <laughs> been blessed by the, um, I don't know, the insight. When, either when I go over there or I just talk with you about ministry, it's amazing how I feel like you're able to teach me about how to be a better Christian in Stillwater. I mean, I just, and I'm not kidding when I get that. You, yesterday I spent all my time in the, after the kind of service crying. And a lot of it just had to do with, I mean, I have been so blessed. Everywhere I go in the world and I get an opportunity to meet with people that are doing what I do here, it just moves me. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so grateful for, I think, the universal appeal of mm-hmm. Jesus to his followers, no matter where you are in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys are some of the most uh, – I, I, I still see Jay picking us up 
every time and we're at the and he seems japanese to me i i, I see you whenever we're going around and you, you just seem at home you mm-hmm. just seem at home and so you have totally embraced uh japan as a place i said to your son today at lunch hey frankie you know you, you like it here yeah you like japan oh yeah oh yeah i mean really? there's oh yeah like he just he has this that you know this is my home this is where i'm from and so uh you've been there for 12 years so you said yeah, you just say about, just about just about 12 years what advice would you give to people like drew and i um or to sunnybrook um like teach us about what it looks like because you're from here and then you went there and now you're coming back i mean I, I do i believe there are things that you can teach us about how we can be faithful or how we can remember to trust the gospel or preach the gospel as you taught us yesterday any thoughts about how um just the change in context have taught you about the faithfulness of god that you can just bless us that's that's my final thought well you're catching me you know, fresh. I mean, I just I just flew over here, and so I when I come and worship together with a, a huge community of believers, like we did yesterday, um, I am so moved because um, it's it's I feel like a preview of heaven, and mm. that's that's what I always um, I just weep, you know. It's such a beautiful thing. And I think I would just encourage um, you guys here to remember that because I think it's easy. I know when I lived here, I took it for granted. And then you, you know, you people can get nitpicky about this or that or whatever. But man, when you can worship together with a huge community, encouraging one another, oh, it's, it's such a blessing. And, and that's, you know not at all what it's like for our new believers where they've you know it's a big deal when they go from our church i mean i remember one guy who became a christian at our church in osaka and that was several years ago it was probably 50 people at the time and then he took a trip to the nagoya church which was the only other one then um and he came back i can't believe how many Christians I got to meet, you know, and to him. It's I'm, not just us guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, at that time, we were a church of like 40. They were a church of like 60. He's like, there's like 100 Christians in the world. Yeah. Like, well, listen, I mean, one, one thing I'll say as an outsider, so Canadian coming to the States, I remember that was my experience. Mm-hmm. I felt so alone, especially in these really small Church of Christ in, you know, Toronto, rather mm-hmm. big city. So four to five million people and our church had nine. Mm-hmm. And so it's that kind of that smallness. And there is just something that is incredibly encouraging. Now, I know there can be like a goofy side to that. Um, but I mean, I remember one of the reasons why I don't hate the Midwest and I don't hate the Bible Belt is because I like other Christians. Mm-hmm. And so to be with lots of other people of like-minded faith, I don't resent that. I think it's actually kind of a neat thing. And so I I get that. I really do kind of get that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I'd also just throw in, like, I think it's a great opportunity to uh, reach out to people that come here eager to learn. You know, like you've got Japanese people coming here with, they just want to experience America. They would love to be invited into your home. And they might say no the first time. Yeah. Because they're going to be polite so you got to seek them out but they're right here and they're wanting to learn and they 
you know, I, I feel like we do this, but we're there. We're their neighbor in Japan, but we invite them in, even though that's kind of unconventional. We come in into our house. You know, this is it's kind of like a it's kind of like a trip to America, but we're right <laughs> next door. But there, when people come here, they're just ready to absorb everything. And so, um, but I've known some people who never got invited into an American house, even though they were, you know, a wow. student. You know, so, um, and it's not just Japanese people. You've got sure. people from all around the world. Um, but it's going to take intentionality and time and maybe persistence to um, reach out to them. But, man, you can have a really big impact. Um, so what do you think, Jay? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I became um, I became a better evangelist once we had to, <laughs> like our life depended on sure, it. Sure. Mm-hmm. So it's not one of those things where I, you know, um, I, I've not felt like, yeah, I've just got a gift, got an evangelism gift. I'm super good at that. <laughs> super bold, super bold. Um, you know, I, I think, um, we moved and, uh, when we were preparing to move, um, uh, the guys who were, the guys who were leading our team, they gave us a, we, we were doing, um, about four or five months in LA, um, team building and fundraising and they say okay this is a little preview here you've moved to a new context um before next week you have to share the gospel with someone you don't know where to go in english this is it's, it's los angeles you, you, you can do this if you can't do this here you can't do it over there <laughs> mm-hmm. and i remember it really stretched me um and then you know moving and lit and, and and understanding like we live and die on evangelism and um it just it stretched me in huge ways. So it's one of those where um, anything that I feel like we know about uh, about sharing the gospel and how to do it and, and different approaches to take with people, I feel like God taught us truly in, in like a through our context yeah. that God placed us in yeah. through leaning into the Bible. God taught us this. So I don't I don't feel I, I, I don't I don't feel. <laughs> um, prideful at all about it i feel I, um i feel like god really helped us um but that would i guess they're just the challenge um is to continue to lean into that um where are the people in Stillwater who who would say i don't uh yeah i don't believe in jesus i i don't think there's a god who would who would say that who would identify as someone who's not a christian mm-hmm. and how can you find them if you all became convinced you know by next week i have to Mm-hmm. I have to find one of them and share the gospel. What would you do? What creative, crazy strategies would you do? Um, it's interesting the way when you look at, you know, um, innovations from immigrants <laughs> and how many immigrants yeah. are some of the great yeah. innovators. Oh, yeah. Because um, they have of, to figure yeah, it out. because they got to figure it out. Yeah. And there's a sense in which we've been over there and we start, coming, oh, I don't know, what if, we, what if we did street surveys? Hey, I'm conducting a survey. Do you believe in God? What do you think happens after? You know, just what what crazy or zany ideas can you come up out with? In a lawn chair with a sign. Yeah. I mean, he's done that. Like, if you practice Japanese with me, I will give you a free drink. Practice Japanese with me for fifteen minutes, you know, or something. <laughs> and someone comes in and sits, and we can have a conversation. But you know, it wasn't super fruitful. But yeah, but set was, a sign in the tried. park. Yeah, yeah. something because you never know what method could be the thing that saves someone's eternity. Well, I love Jay's your your comment yesterday, and I, I've always thought it was interesting. I, I wondered how much what started out with the best of intentions that people need to know how much you care before they care how much you know. Um, we really need to oh, invite people into our homes, and we really need to demonstrate a kindness and demonstrate a love for them, and all of those are, are true. 
Mm-hmm. And then I've wondered how much of it I never have to tell them about Jesus. Mm. I'm right. going to win them over by the, the the you know the cussing I don't do, <laughs> or I'm going to win them over by the way that I really do just give them a cup of cold water. Amen. Yeah. And 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 all of a sudden I never share them the saving mm. work of Christ. Right. I've I've loved my neighbor. Yeah. And and that's obviously a big deal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a real big deal to love people, um, and yet there's this whole other mission. Uh, and commission aspect of go make disciples, um, which necessitates a sharing, uh, a sharing the gospel, speaking it in some way. Um, and, and we've talked and we, you know, joke around about this whole thing of I'm not going to out nice a Japanese person. Yeah. Um, yeah. And ultimately, any of the great, you know, things we could do to impact society or impact our neighbor or anything else like that, none of it's as cool as what Jesus did for us. So if there's one thing that I want to be caught talking about or showing off or, you know, like, is it the, the nice, the nice thing, the nice thing we did in our neighborhood or talking about the awesome thing Jesus did to save us? Um, that's always going to be cooler. It's always going to be better. Um, and I think maybe the temptation would be to fall into that idea that is in the Midwest, everyone's already heard. No, they haven't. Come on. No, you know, I not I used yeah. to go to church, yeah. not not I, I, I listen to Christian radio sometimes, not I, I, I have good Christian friends. or and, and all of those things, you know, could maybe possibly lead to someone running into the gospel. We just can't take it for granted that they actually have heard it um, and been confronted with it and been uh, brought been, to a place where someone said, choose. Yes, and I love that, being asked to consider it. You know, I, mm-hmm. I've, I've been amazed the number of times when I've said to someone, what is keeping you? From placing your faith in Christ, or mm. what is what is keeping you from choosing to follow Him? What is mm. what is stopping you? Uh, that question really does give people an opportunity to receive, mm-hmm. and so that's beautiful. Okay, now you can do your. Now hey. I can say I love you guys. I love you guys. <laughs> I love you guys. I yep. love this church. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'm grateful. Really am. So we continue so to pray thankful. for you. We're excited about future years of ministry together. I look forward to being in Tokyo. Yeah. So you want to come? Yeah, ma'am. Justin, you coming? Beard Papas. Beard Papas. <laughs> Ryan? Stephen here? What did you want? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> man, I'll tell you, there's a lot of us that would love to be there. So yeah. awesome. Thanks We're for joining so us today. We're so thankful for you.